The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With Trubisky's first NFL win in their back pocket, the Bears return home to Soldier Field to take on the Panthers, hoping the defense could contain Cam Newton and get their second home win of 2017. Did the defense rise to the occasion, or did the Panthers run us over? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 7 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Week number seven did, in fact, turn out to be a lucky one because here we are with our second straight Victory Monday episode, the Bears 17-3 over the Carolina Panthers. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the week seven review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And yes, it is a victory episode, uh, despite all of my predictions to the contrary. Um you know, not only did the defense not let me down, but it put on its best performance yet. I mean, this was, you know, vintage, like, Lovey Erlacher, you know, Briggs with Peanut on the outside. You know, that's that's how dominant this was. I mean, not only did we get five sacks on Cam Newton, we had three turnovers and two of them went for touchdowns by Eddie Jackson. You know, that fourth round... uh that fourth round safety that we drafted. So, I mean, it just, uh, it was a dominant, dominant performance. It was, it was, and when it was very like 2005, you know, that year where we had uh, Kyle Orton out there was our starting quarterback was a rookie. The offense did close to nothing as far as putting points on the board. And it was the defense that, uh, not only held the opponent to next to nothing, uh, but also put the points on the board that made the difference. For us, so it was a very vintage 2005 uh, victory that the Bears put on on Sunday, and um, you know it's 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 um, I guess you want to call it maybe a bittersweet thing because I got a tweet um, yesterday, and it wasn't the only one that I got like this. There were several actually, but uh, John L. Collins on Twitter says. Um, okay, so the Bears won, which is awesome in and of itself. However, I don't know whether to be um hearted or dismayed i don't understand the hearted part um but uh, whether to be happy or dismayed by that victory and it's a you know it's it's a it's not a like i said he's not the only person who expressed that to me um several people did uh in fact saying the same thing um basically it's like the thing that that has been frustrating i guess there's that word i've used a thousand times already but the thing that's been frustrated about the bears and their victories is there's always a but you know the bears won in overtime against baltimore and pittsburgh but 
Neither one of those games should have made it to overtime. The Bears played well enough to win in regulation, but they found a way to uh, to damn near blow the whole thing, and it had to go to OT for the Bears to finally come ahead and win it. Now, the Bears had by far their most dominant victory in a long time, long, long time since the Bears have looked that damn good, uh, especially on the defensive side. But Trubisky only attempted seven passes. We had less than 21 minutes or less than 22 minutes time of possession. Uh, we only ran like 37 plays, and Carolina almost doubled doubled up on us. They ran 67. Excuse me. They ran 67 to our 37 plays on Sunday. Had nearly 39 minutes time of possession. Um, you know, the, the offense only rushed for about 68 yards. Uh, you know, running the football, uh, I mentioned Trubisky only attempted seven passes. He only completed four, uh, for 107 yards. And if, if not for that huge pass to Tariq Cohen in the second quarter, he was three for six for like 36 yards or something like that. It was a 70 yard pass play to Tariq Cohen that set up the field goal just before halftime. So it was it was not a good performance from the offense at all. And and you'll hear me in the knee-jerk reactions. I, I I want to enjoy what's happening. You know, I want to enjoy watching the Bears embarrass the Panthers. On defense, they could do nothing. You know, they got a first down here, first down there, you know, but you were just waiting for the for the sh- for the other shoe to drop because the offense couldn't hold up its end of the bargain and did not throughout the game. So, I mean, what en- ended up happening uh, is the defense, not only did they hold firm, I mean, they held their foot down on Carolina's throat from the beginning. And Cam Newton and company could do nothing uh, against this defense. Even with all the, the first downs that they ended up getting in the football game, all it was good for was a field goal. You know, one stinking field goal is all the Panthers could muster. But as you hear me talk about throughout the knee-jerk reactions uh, and, and whatnot, I keep going back to this thing where it's just like, I'm just waiting, you know, not for the defense to collapse, but, but you know, it's like the, the law of percentages is not in our favor here. The longer the defense is out there, the more opportunity Carolina has to do something that's going to break this game wide open. And then for the second week in a row, we've got a defensive effort that would be wasted. You know, we damn near wasted our best defensive performance last week against Carolina, or excuse me, against Baltimore. Three lousy field goals is all that offense could muster, but thanks to the special teams, we almost blew the game. You know, we almost lost that game despite how well the defense played. You know, four sacks, three turnovers, a defensive touchdown, it almost went to waste because special teams uh, gave the game away. Yesterday, it almost went to waste because the offense, A, couldn't keep Cam Newton and company off of the field. And when they were on the field, did almost nothing to contribute to the cause. So, I mean, you were just waiting to, 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 to see something happen. Or, I mean, even to see the offense make a mistake, that would hurt the defense because the offense was playing so poorly. There was no uh, hope, if you will that the offense would be able to get the get the team back into the game if something were to go wrong. So, um, you know, that was basically the only thing that did go right on offense was there were zero turnovers 
on offense. We basically weren't on the field long enough to do anything wrong yesterday. But, you know, with the amount of plays that defense had to endure, you were basically just sitting there for the entire 60 minutes. Even with the way the defense was playing, we had a two-score lead. You were just waiting for something to happen. And that's why Bear fans today feel, you know, half in one half in one hand you know half a dozen in one hand half a dozen six in one hand half a dozen in the other basically you know it's like it was yes it was a win and we'll take it we'll absolutely take it the defense was awesome but you know the offense was terrible and that's going to be a huge problem going forward especially with the game we have coming up on sunday against the saints these guys are really good at scoring points so you know, even if the Saints, even we were hold the Saints to a 14, 17, God forbid, 20 point day. Can our offense put up 21 points to beat them? Can you, can you, can you, you know, can you say that with a surety? If we can't depend on the defense to put 14 points a week up on the board, you know, can we, can we rely on the offense to, you know, to, 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 to match what the Saints are going to be able to do on Sunday, whatever that might be. You know, that's where this, that's where the bittersweetness comes from. You know, that's where we're like, yeah, hell yeah. The Bears look great on defense. You know, Cam Newton, just nothing. The guy had nothing uh, on Sunday, you know, fumbling the football and throwing interceptions and, uh, and what have you. It was like, we just overwhelmed the Panthers yesterday. It was awesome to watch, man. Awesome to watch. And, you know, then the offense gets on the field and you're just begging for something to happen. You know, and it just didn't. It just did. Aside from the the field goal drive, which should have been a touchdown drive if John Fox had any balls, but um, you know, instead we settle for the field goal. And it's, we'll talk about it. We'll get to it. But you know, but that's how we all feel today. We won the game, and it was an entertaining, fun game to watch when the defense was out there. And believe me, they were out there plenty. But at the same time. You're sitting there. The longer they're out there, the more you're waiting for something to happen. You know, not because the you know it's bound to happen or or anything like that, but it's just like you know when the team is out there that long, even the best teams are going to crumble. Just look back, Super Bowl Fifty One. You know, the Falcons they had the uh, Patriots by the throat, man. They had them down twenty eight to three, but the 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 Patriots damn near ran a hundred plays in that game and they just wore that defense down and eventually that's what we were kind of thinking or I was thinking especially that was going to happen to the Bears you know you'll hear me talk about it in one I think is the third quarter knee-jerk reaction Akeem Hicks was out there but he wasn't out there man there was one play in in particular he would he definitely looked like he was taking the playoff because he was worn out just worn out and you know, I was afraid that eventually that was going to be the rest of the team having to run twice as many plays as the offense and being out there twice as long uh, as the offense was. And uh, it was going to end up hurting the Bears and, and causing them to to lose a game or waste a defensive effort that was outstanding. So anyway, let's dive into these uh, knee jerk reactions. And basically, you'll hear me talking about how you know, for all four quarters, the offense really needs to step up. The offense needs to step up and do something because we can't expect the defense to be able to do this 
every single week. Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, the Bears and the Panthers, and so far it's looking good. Uh, The Bears picking up where they left off against Baltimore. They got three sacks already on Cam Newton. They uh, forced, well, actually it wasn't a forced fumble. It was more like a bad exchange on a pitch between Newton and his running back or wide receiver. He was wearing number 10, so I think he's a wide receiver. He mishandles the pitch. It rolls around on the ground, and Eddie Jackson picks it up for 75 yards and a touchdown on the opening drive of the game where the Panthers were just gashing the Bears in the passing game. They were deep in Chicago territory, and it all got flipped, and that was basically the last that we've seen from the Carolina offense in the first quarter at least. Their running game is going nowhere, just like the catch-scratch-reader guys were worried about. And our running game, it's had its moments so far. The offense was moving well on this last drive, and they just got stopped on third down. Trubisky got sacked for a loss there. But, um, you know, the Bears are up 7 to nothing. The defense is... Keep, is, is keeping up the momentum they had last week against Baltimore. Hopefully the offense can match the intensity. Otherwise, I worry about what can happen later if we keep the defense out there and the offense doesn't produce. But right now it's 7 nothing, and uh, we don't know if the Bears are outside of field goal range yet, but we'll see when the second quarter starts. The Bears did attempt a field goal on fourth down, and it was basically a fingernail that kept Connor Barth from drilling a 52-yarder I mean, it was literally like the fingertips, like it, it altered the, the path of the kick just enough. It hit it hit the crossbar. And when they go back and they show the replay, uh, one of the Panther defenders literally got fingertips on the ball. And it took just enough steam off of it that it, it made it to the crossbar, but uh, banged off of it and was uh, no good. Otherwise, I think it would he would have uh, nailed it. But, uh, you know, so the Bears walk away with nothing on that one drive. And, you know, like I said, they've they limited success on the run. You know, Jordan Howard get four here, three there. So it wasn't as bad as it was against uh, Baltimore last week where, where, you know, basically Baltimore was, was going all out on, on every blitz and on every run blitz and, and shooting every gap that the Bears had and, and stuffing us for nothing or a one-yard loss or, or, or what have you. But, you know, it wasn't producing the, the means that we needed in order to keep it up. I mean, even after the first quarter that we had, uh, like I said, a- after that first drive where the Panthers basically, you know, whatever their first 15 plays were, were magical because it got them deep into Chicago territory. You know, you were kind of thinking like, oh, man, this is what I was worried about that. You know, this would this was kind of this is what would happen. And Carolina would come out and be able to move the football on the Bears. And then once that turnover happened, you know, it was the 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 receiver or the pitch man got way too far out there to to like instead of just the regular like flick of the wrist type pitch for Newton, he really had to like almost labor to get the ball out there like he literally had to throw it uh, to him. And, you know, I guess he I don't know if he saw footsteps or if he heard footsteps, felt them, whatever. But you could definitely go back and look. He didn't look at the ball. You know, he didn't look it in. And the next thing you know, it's bouncing off his chest. It's on the ground. Two, three guys touch it. Eddie Jackson scoops it up and runs it in for the touchdown. And that, you know, that literally flipped the momentum of the game never to return uh, in Carolina's favor because the second quarter was more of the same, including Eddie Jackson, number two.
Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter, the Bears and the Panthers, and everything coming up Bears today, uh, except for the offense for the most part. The, um, the defense is outstanding. We have 17 points on the board. We owe 14 of them to Eddie Jackson, not just to the defense, but to Eddie Jackson specifically. The fumble return in the first quarter, and then a tip drill interception return in the second quarter. Um, the offense, on the other hand, uh, aside from their last drive, which got kicked off uh, on, a, on a big pass play from uh, Mitch Trubisky to Tariq Cohen, a 70-yard play where it really looked like Cohen, after he got a block from Deion Sims, looked like he was headed to the end zone. Came up just short. The Bears couldn't do anything from inside the five. And looked like Trubisky scored a touchdown on third down, but his knee was down at about the half-yard line. And rather than go for it on fourth and on half a yard from the goal line, uh, John Fox elects to kick a field goal, which you guys know how much I love the whole playing not to lose thing. You know, even if the Bears fail from inside the one, that means the Panthers have the ball from inside the one. And with the way our defense has been rushing Cam Newton, four sacks so far in the first half, the two, the, you know, uh, turnovers, I really like the way the, the, I really like that setup. The Cam Newton trying to dig himself out underneath the Bears inside the one yard line. I just think that that bodes better for, for us than it does for them. Regardless, we go ahead with the field goal. We're up 17-3, to and uh, the Panthers just came up short on trying to put points on the board just before the half. But uh, the offense, for the most part, needs to be a bigger part of the second half. I think the Panthers had over 20 minutes time of possession in the first half, and we're starting to already see it wear on the defense. There was one play uh, just before the half where you see Akeem Hicks basically doing all he can to hold himself up. Like, he's, he, he took a playoff. It was pretty bad out there. So hopefully the Bears can, un, can maintain some possession on offense in the, first half, in the second half so that our defense doesn't get worn out and we're not wasting the effort that they put on the field in the first half. The good news is Bears up 17-3, to and uh, we get the ball to start the second half, so give our defense a bit more rest. <laughs> So there you have it, that play that I was talking about from Akeem Hicks. He was rushing the passer on a passing down, and he basically was just bouncing around on his tippy toes, but he had no intention whatsoever of going full steam after uh, after Cam Newton. It, it just looked bad. It may have been you know, quite the opposite, that he was you know, shadowing Newton or whatever because they had different guys spying Newton to, to keep their eyes on him when he was trying to come out, come out of the uh, – backfield they just didn't look good I mean both my buddy and I that I was watching the game with had the same opinion of what Akeem was doing on that play and he was he took it off that's that's what it looked like to us anyway it's like we know Akeem is a beast and we weren't blaming him it's like dude he's been out there for like 40 plays already uh in the first half it's like you know how can you blame him for for wanting to take one off it's it's not uh you know it's it's like he's been out there the whole game you know so far and uh, this was just before halftime in the second quarter that I'm saying this. You know, that's what was. That's why I was worried. That's why I kept emphasizing the offense needs to do more. The offense needs to do more. Otherwise, like I said, we're gonna waste this defensive performance. It's you know second week in a row we're worried about this. Now we all know how the game ended up and going into the third quarter. But it's that's what we were worried about. You know, we're worried about the whole thing falling apart 
because the defense was just going to get worn down being out on the field as much as they were and the offense not getting anything going, uh, you know, any kind of offensive rhythm. It just didn't exist. And that one drive that they had just before halftime, that huge pass play to Tariq Cohen, he gets the ball all the way down to about the five yard line. We thought we had Jordan Howard scoring one, but his knee was down before he crossed the goal line. Same thing with Trubisky on third down. It was initially called uh, a touchdown, which would have been awesome to be up 21 to three uh, going into the half, a three score game at that point. But his knee was down just before the ball crossed the, the plane. So setting up fourth and basically less than half a yard. And, you know, I, like I said in, in the reaction, I, I would have preferred, you know, even if we failed, which I think would have been highly unlikely at that point, um, even if we had failed, you know, I, I will take that, that situation. I will take Cam Newton and the Panthers inside the one yard line trying to dig themselves out from under the bear defense. You know, they got 99.9 yards to go to, to, to you know, try to put a, a score on the board. And even if they're just wanting to turn in because it's nearly halftime, they got to, you know, lower their head and try to run forward here. I mean, I just, I just thought that boded, that would bode well for us. That, uh, you know, we would get after him and, uh, you know, he's severely condensed. He doesn't have the whole team to back up and scramble around in. If somebody got through, he's done. You know, somebody gets through, Newton's going down, or he's going to do something stupid and, and get rid of, try to get rid of the football. One way or the other, it works in the Bears' favor. So, you know, and with the way the defense was playing, God forbid, you know, so what? We don't, you know, 14 to 3, uh, I'll take that. You know, but I would rather, I just, I just guess I would rather see the Bears taking some risks, going for it, instead of always playing it safe. I cannot stand watching someone, I just can't stand, especially my team, cannot stand watching them play it safe. Cannot stand it. You know, let's put our foot down on their throats. Let's put our foot down on the gas and not let up until this thing is over, until there are zeros across the board. Do not let up. There's no reason for it. You know, a team that can be as explosive as the Panthers can be with Kelvin Benjamin, with Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, with Devin Funches, they've got the weapons out there that they can turn this thing on its head in a heartbeat. Go for the points. And I don't mean the safe points. Go for the big points. Go for the touchdown. Show some freaking balls for Christ's sake, man. Go out there and win the game. Win it right now. You put the Panthers down by three scores going into halftime, it's over. You know, it ended up being over anyway, but it would have been all the way over if we're up 21 to three at halftime and we get the ball back. The Panthers got nothing, you know, and not only is it an emotional boost for our team, knowing that we have this lead, this three score lead, they got to score on us three times to take the lead from us. They got to score three touchdowns to take the lead from us. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, you know, but instead we play it safe. We take the field goal and ah, we're getting the ball back anyway. I don't like it. I don't like it. You know, I don't like it, especially with the way the offense was playing. You got to take these opportunities where you get them, go after the touchdown. And if you don't get it, then the defense has got them backed up against the wall. We're going to get the ball back right away. We're going to get it back. And, um, you know, I, I just can't stand to see it when 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 they do it like that. Lovey used to do that from time to time. It used to drive me insane. 
go out there and get after them. You know, it's these defensive-minded coaches that always do these things. It makes me bananas when they do it. I cannot stand it. Cannot stand it. So anyway, we go into the second half, and we spend the entire second half waiting for the other shoe to drop. And you'll hear me talk about it in the third quarter, knee-jerk reaction. The offense has actually gotten worse than it was in the first half, and you're just waiting for the defense to wear out. Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Panthers, and we're 15 minutes away from our first two-game winning streak since November of 2015. Um, The defense is holding up its end of the bargain, man. They have uh, only allowed three points to the Panthers. However, uh, the offense still coming up short as far as keeping the defense off of the field. Um, I saw just before the half started, the Bears only had three first downs to Carolina's 14. I think Carolina has at least 20 first downs now. They just can't close the deal. The defense keeps shutting them down. But, you know, they, they're, 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 their play total has to be somewhere in the 50s at this point. I don't know if the Bears have even broken 20 plays thus far in the game on offense. Um, you know, like I'm worried about this fourth quarter. Will the defense be able to, to maintain and stay strong and hold the Panthers off? And can the offense get their hands on the ball and hang on to it to at the very least give the defense a break because the offense has been non-existent and if not for Eddie Jackson's touchdowns this would be a 3-3 nail biter uh, right now so we go into the fourth quarter we're still up 17-3 the defense is still playing well but can they hold on for the last 15 minutes see this is what we're talking about you know it's like we we, we can't really even enjoy the game because we're not doing all that we could be uh, in order to make this an easy victory, which is what the defense ended up making the game. Um, you know, it ended up being all the worry for no reason because, you know, the defense shut them down once again in the fourth quarter, even got another uh, turnover, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. But, you know, we're sitting here and we're watching the offense do absolutely nothing. Uh, we're watching the defense just power through this performance. I mean, the, the, it w- had to be in the, the, the mid to upper 50s at the end of the third quarter, the play total. It was no joke when I thought the Bears hadn't even broken 20 plays uh, yet going into the fourth quarter. I think it would be generous to say that maybe they were at about 20, 25 uh, in reality. But, you know, it, it was it, you're sitting here and you're wondering. And, and it had nothing to do with the Bears being a bad team. It had everything to do with the fact that they're going to run out of gas eventually, and, and Carolina is going to, and it's going to cause someone to make a mistake that's going to break the game wide open. And then after that, all bets are off. And, you know, it, it was just one of those, that, that was the feeling that was out there. You know, you didn't, it, it wasn't one of those where, like we've had earlier in the season where the Bears are going to collapse because we're a lousy football team, and that's what bad teams do. It was more about these guys are going to run out of gas because they can't get a break. You know, they're they're going right back out there. The offense is, you know, getting I mean, they're getting a somewhat of a break because we're running the ball on every play. So we're, we're at least eating up a couple of minutes a clock every time we go out there. But it's it's going to our luck is going to run out eventually. Right. You know, and not because the defense is bad or we're a bad football team or 
or what have you, but it ha- will have everything to do with the fact that would anybody be surprised to hear that the Bears ran out of gas when they, when you know the Panthers ran 69 plays in the game and the offense only ran 37? When the Panthers had nearly 39 minutes time of possession and our offense only had 21, would it surprise anyone to hear that the defense ran out of gas in the fourth quarter and that's how Carolina won this game? It wouldn't surprise anyone. You know, it wouldn't surprise anyone to hear that that happened. And the longer you're watching the game, the more you're expecting this to happen. And then it just like not like I said, it was it would have been a three to three nail biter without Eddie Jackson's touchdowns. And it was a nail biter anyway, because we're racing against the clock. You know, it's like the 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 needle on the gas tank for the Bears defense and the needle on the on the clock were, you know, we're in a race. Which one's going to get to zero first? And thankfully, in the end, our defense had more gas than there was time left on the clock. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Panthers after the fourth quarter. And um, this one is all, the, all about the defense. 14 of the 17 points on the board came from the defense, came from Eddie Jackson to be more specific. Five sacks for the Bears, four first downs. I think actually, I think maybe it's five and five. They got another first down, which is why the Bears are kneeling on it uh, to watch the clock run out right now. But, you know, it's, it, it was all on the defense this week. They won this game pretty much single-handedly because the offense did virtually nothing to, to help. You know, aside from the one field goal, which, you know, I would have been happy going for it on fourth and goal, but instead we kicked the field goal instead. But, you know, otherwise, you know, the, the Panthers did the whole short yardage defense where they were pretty much, you know, every man in the box and try to get after us that way. The offense basically had no answer for it, couldn't sustain a drive or anything like that throughout the whole football game. But despite all that, we won the game. 17-3, to the Bears have won two in a row for the first time since 2015, and we actually have a shot at a 500 record if we can be the Saints next Sunday. So there's that. And there you have it, you know, I mean – I even said even before the season started that with the first eight game gauntlet that the Bears had to run three and five would be something to actually be pretty happy about because the second half eases up quite a bit for us. They got the four division games, two against Detroit. You got a Aaron Rodgers Green Bay uh, Packers to start off the second half. You know, we got to finish the year at Minnesota where we haven't won many football games. But you got Cleveland, you got Cincinnati, you got San Francisco in there currently those teams are combined for two wins those three teams combined for two wins and those two wins are all coming from cincinnati because both san fran and uh, cleveland are both zero and seven right now so the second half of the schedule aside from that philadelphia game and that game on the road at minnesota eases up quite a bit in the second half the bears could go on a run you know if the defense keeps playing like this and the offense finds itself in the second half the bears could go on a run maybe not to be a playoff team i think that would be a bit premature to talk about that even though we have a playoff caliber defense that's what we've looked like the last two weeks that's a defense that can play in january that is for sure the way that they're playing right now that is a defense that could that could contend for sure our offense on the other hand basically refuses to get off the bus because we're just not doing anything uh, on offense or not doing anything dynamic enough where anybody's got to worry about us. They got to stop one thing and they've stopped the offense period. 
They stop us run, from running the football, and it's over. That's it. You're done. You know, you stop them from running the ball. They're not going to throw it. So, you know, and even if they try to throw it, pass protection yesterday was absolutely atrocious. I mean, the announcers kept saying that Trubisky was overwhelmed and, you know, it just, it, it, he wasn't overwhelmed. He just didn't have time, period. You know, he would barely be able to finish his drop and the Panthers would be all over him. He got sacked four times yesterday and all four times he had nowhere to go. It wasn't like last week. There was pressure coming from Baltimore, but the the offensive line did a good job of giving Mitch a pocket to move around in. Yesterday against the Panthers, there was no pocket. There was nothing. You know, even the interior of the line was being caved in, so Mitch didn't have a pocket to step up into or move around to the side. Basically, all he could do was hang on to the football and go down. That's all that, that, that Trubisky could do. So it had nothing to do with him being a rookie. Uh, or anything like that. It had everything to do with the Panthers actually being very good uh, on defense and doing a great job of getting after, uh, getting after the quarterback and getting there. You know, period. That's all it was. You know, the Panthers are a good defensive team, which is why I was worried about this game going in. So, and because <laughs> I had more faith in Carolina's ability to score points than I did in our offense to score points. That's why I thought Carolina would win. That that was why. You know, not that our defense couldn't do well enough to to maintain against the Panthers, but this that, you know, it wouldn't take much for a team to outscore the Bears right now, which is why this Saints game has got me nervous. You know, I like our chances to go four and four. Uh, I do. You know, I really do like our chances to, to be at 500 going into the break. That would be awesome. You know, it would be awesome. And it would be a huge victory. For John Fox and the Bears, a huge boost to go into the second half of the year, having started one and three, having started one and four, actually, to go, you know, to win three in a row before the break and go three and three and oh to be a 500 football team, basically be a zero and zero team going into the second half of the year with with one of the easier second half schedules in the league right now bodes very, very well for a team that is playing as well on defense, especially than the Bears are. You know, and it just um, it's a shame that our offense hasn't found itself yet. Even with the quarterback that we wanted out there being out there, it really hasn't much of an effect. The only thing that the offense did right yesterday was that they didn't turn over the ball. There were no turnovers. We generated three and we generated three takeaways from the from the Panthers yesterday, put two of them in the end zone for for scores. But the offense did not turn the football over, didn't fumble it, no interceptions, no, you know, no mistakes on special teams or anything like that. But um, that was basically the only thing the def- the offense did right yesterday was that they didn't give the ball back to Carolina. So, and and that's something that the Cats Great Readers guys talked about was that the Panthers have had maybe three turnovers the whole season thus far. You know, not just you know, I think three or four. I think they topped out at four in the first seven games of the season. They've got four takeaways when the bears have had six in the last two games, you know? So it's, um, you know, the, like I said, the defense is, the defense is playoff ready there. The, the defense is ready for a postseason run. The offense on the other hand is still in high school. They've got some work to do. So, uh, hopefully they can get that figured out and we can go forward. So, I mean, cause if you just look at some of these numbers, 21st downs for the Panthers, five for the bears, um, 69 plays to 37, uh, for Carolina, 293 total yards for Carolina, 153 for the Bears. 85 yards passing, 68 yards rushing, uh, 5 for 12, or excuse me, 2 for 11 
on on third down, six for fifteen for Carolina. Um, yeah, you know, only five penalties. So again, you know, showing great discipline the last few games. The penalties are not killing us uh, in the last couple of games. Uh, you know, zero turnovers, five sacks, and uh, you know, two defensive touchdowns for the Bears. I mean, that's that's how that's the tail of the tape right there. Because if you looked at the stats and you took away the turnovers. If you didn't show somebody the score and just showed them the stats minus the turnovers, you would have said, okay, well, obviously Carolina won because they had almost, you know, twice as many plays, twice as many, uh, twice as many yards. They were, you know, twice as, you know, almost uh, 50% on third down, you know, four to one on first downs, 20 to five. That's a four to one ratio, uh, nearly 40 minutes time of possession. The bears are barely on the field. So obviously Carolina won, right? Nope, throwing those turnovers, there's your difference in the game right there. It's the defense winning the ball game for the Bears. So there you have it, you know. And um, the other thing is I think, you know, some guys are getting dinged up a little bit, but nobody's getting hurt. That's the other thing that's been encouraging about the last few weeks. Not to mention Nick Witkowski dressed yesterday. I think he was more of an emergency player yesterday, but he was active. He was on the sidelines. He was dressed uh, and ready to go yesterday. So getting him back will be especially helpful. I mean, Christian Jones has played well uh, in his absence uh, in the last several uh, weeks, but getting a guy like Kwiatkowski back at the very least adds to the depth that we have at linebacker, um, which, you know, in that Minnesota game, we're down to John Timu and, and Jonathan Anderson, uh, and I think they both got hurt in that game. So, um, you know, having everybody, you know, Jonathan Anderson is back and playing again. Uh, Timu, he's probably still weeks away from that nasty ankle slash knee injury that he suffered on Monday night. Thankfully, it wasn't a season ender. But Kwiatkowski getting hurt in that in the Tampa Bay game, making his way back, you know, in a five weeks is pretty impressive uh, with uh, whatever the injury t- ended up being. The Bears were never really specific about it. It was a chest injury. Some thought it might have been another torn pectoral muscle but uh you know i guess it wasn't as severe we never really got the full prognosis on on what exactly went down but all i know is kwiatkowski was active yesterday dressed on the sidelines and seemingly could have gone in if the bears needed him to but um you know at the very least he's going to add to the depth to back up christian jones if he doesn't get his job back so that's a that's another positive for the bears and uh you know, we're just kicking ass on defense right now, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. If only the offense could could muster a couple of scoring drives, the Bears could be very, very dangerous going forward. We absolutely could be. If we could add a little bit more of an element to our offense um, and not be so damn predictable, um, the Bears could be extremely dangerous. With the way that this defense is playing, it's like it's finally all coming together uh, for Nick Fangio, Vic Fangio, and the Bears uh, right now on defense, it could be very scary to have to face the Bears going down the line. We could ruin some seasons uh, going forward if if we can't get ourselves into the postseason. So, because like I said, that second half schedule really opens up for us. Uh, once we get through the Saints on Sunday, we get that week off. We get an Aaron Rodgerless uh, Packer team, and then from there we get Cincinnati, we get Cleveland, San Francisco. The other, you know, the two tough games in the second half would be. You know, we always have trouble with Detroit on the road. Philadelphia is playing lights out. I mean, they were winning at halftime before I came to start the show, which would, they, if they win, they're 6-1 and one if they win today. And then Minnesota is always tough 
uh, at home. The Bears almost never win in Minnesota. So three tough games with five very winnable games. Detroit at home, Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, San Francisco. I'm liking the Bears in all of those games. If we can just figure out some things on offense and put some points on the board, uh, we can make this thing very easy for the defense going forward. So you hate to get optimistic because the two times that we've gotten our hopes up <laughs> after the Atlanta game, after the Pittsburgh game, we received crushing blows by Tampa Bay and Green Bay that just brought us crashing back down to earth again. So I hate the fact that, you know, that, that we're being, we could be getting set up to watch the bears lose 50 to nothing to the saints on Sunday because we're running into an offense. that can finally put some points uh, on the board. So um, yeah. Anyway, you know what? Maybe I'm just putting that out there so it doesn't happen. I'm putting that negative energy out into the ether, that pessimism, so the football gods can just smack it down and bless the Bears to go forward because it would be nice to see, you know, nice to go into a game thinking that we, knowing that we have a shot. Not thinking it, but knowing it, you know. That's the big difference in the last several years. When we were, uh, when we had Lovey and then we had Erlacher and Peanut and, and Briggs and, and, you know, and all those guys, we knew we had a shot at any game that we went into. We had a shot at any game. You know, we knew it. It was, it was always 50-50, which is what made watching the Bears so exciting uh, to watch uh, back then. Now it's, you know, it's the NFL, so you know they can win, but will they win is the real question. And more times than not, the answer has obviously been no. And with the way the defense is playing, if we can keep the mistakes to a minimum like we have the last few weeks, and if the offense can figure out how to put 14, 17 points on the board and maybe the defense can contribute one from now and then, it's, 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 uh, it could get ugly for the rest of the NFL with, the, with this young and upcoming Bears squad uh, going on a tear just before the end of the year. So, damn it, I'm getting my hopes up. I don't want to because I don't want to be disappointed. But what are you going to do? You know, these are our guys. And... Uh, this is what they're giving us. So if we can just figure out the offense, the Bears are going to be a handful for anyone uh, to deal with. So anyway, that's going to do it for the week seven review of the Bears and the Panthers. What do you say we go ahead and close this thing out? Everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear up and bear down for week number seven for our beloved Chicago Bears. And I'm uh, guessing it's not going to surprise anyone to hear that the uh, defense is heavily featured in the bear up section of our show. But um, we're going to go ahead and get the bear downs out of the way because they're, they all belong to the offense, so they are offensive bear downs this week <laughs> uh, anyway uh bear down number one to the offense period uh can't rely on the defense to do this every single week you got to hold up your end if you want to keep winning especially next week against the saints you know i know that drew Brees is getting up there in years and he doesn't have the weapons that he used to but it didn't stop them from scoring 52 
on the on the uh, Lions a couple of weeks ago, and I think uh, I think they racked up uh, some points, twenty six points on the on the Packers yesterday in Lambeau. So granted, without Aaron Rodgers, which probably would have changed the game quite a bit, but they just rattle off twenty six more uh, yesterday against the uh, against the Packers. So. Um, this is a team that uh, does fairly well at scoring points and um, lately has been pretty good at stopping them from being scored. That was their Achilles heels. If you guys remembered when we talked to Tyler Raymond over the summer that, uh, you know, they were seven and nine last year without a defense. Imagine what they could have done with one. Well, their defense is playing very well the last several weeks and generating turnovers and, and what have you getting after the quarterback um, so this, you know, we might be playing the saints at the wrong time <laughs> that they're finally getting it together on defense. And, uh, you know, the offense is, is still averaging, you know, a big chunk of points, uh, each and every, each and every week. So, uh, speaking of Tyler Raymond, he will be joining us, uh, this week on the preview show, which will be, uh, coming out on Thursday. I'm talking to Tyler on Wednesday night and, uh, the, the show will be out on Thursday. So keep your eyes peeled from that Tyler Raymond from the who Dat dish, uh, podcast. And um, I will actually be a guest on their show next Monday. So it'll be kind of a review episode, if you will, uh, after the game, which would be interesting to talk to somebody after the fact as opposed to talking to them beforehand. So that'll be interesting. Maybe want to keep your eyes uh, open uh, for that next uh, Monday night, Tuesday, somewhere in that area to hear me talk to them about what happened on uh, on Sunday. So, And then next week... Um, we got the week off, so I'm trying to see what we want to do, maybe about a mid-season uh, review episode. I'm pretty sure we can get our good friend Lauren Cox back on the show. Maybe see if we can get Jeff Dickerson uh, back, because it's been an interesting year for the Bears. I'd love to get his take on just on the whole year in general. You know, Everything from drafting Trubisky out of nowhere to the you know less-than-stellar offseason and what, what we were hoping for the Bears to go after, what we ended up getting, and how it's slowly starting to come together for the bears especially if we win this game on sunday against new orleans we're four and four where you know going into this you know even in the schedule release talking about like number two or number three in the league for the first eight games as far as uh you know uh, the toughness of the schedule for the bears strength of schedule for the bears was like number two number three in the entire league for the first eight games and, uh, you know, how nobody was looking forward <laughs> to what was going to happen in that first eight games. And, and that analogy that I had when the schedule came out that, um, you know, the Bears were going to treat this season like a boxing match. We just want to weather the early rounds. We want to get through those first eight games. We can be three and five, four and four. You know, it, it sets up very well in the second half for the Bears to go on a run. There's some very winnable games in the second half of that schedule. And if defense keeps it up. With what they're doing now, that's gonna it could get interesting in December, that's for sure. So anyway, maybe see if we can get Jeff on the show to talk to us about that and uh see what we can put together for a um for a uh, mid season review. So keep that uh keep your eyes open uh for that on uh on Twitter and, and Facebook and I'll keep you guys posted. So but uh, anyway, back to our offense, uh, you know, the bear down to the offense, five first downs, um, you know, 21 minutes and change time of possession. You know, like I said, the only thing you guys did right was you didn't turn the football over and give it back to 
uh, Carolina. So, I mean, that was about the only thing that went well. We only had 68 yards rushing, only 85 yards passing, and, you know, we gave up four sacks, which leads me to my other bear down, the offensive line. Pass protection was pathetic this week, and run run blocking uh, isn't your fault because play calling shortcomings makes that difficult. You know, because everybody knows that we're going to run the football on first down. Everybody knows that we're, what play we're going to run on third and one. They're basically just flooding the area. And, you know, there are more bodies than we can block and we'll lose that matchup every single time. Maybe we'll get lucky and Jordan Howard will squeak past somebody or somebody will overshoot a gap or something like that. And we can get a positive yard here and there. But most of the time, you know, we're trying to block. We're trying to get, you know, the five offensive linemen and and one tight end to block the the eight or nine people that are coming and we're going to lose that matchup more times than not we're going to need the defense to make a mistake in order for us to be able to do something positive there and uh so the run blocking difficulties i don't really put on the offensive line but the pass blocking it was awful it was awful uh yesterday like i said it wasn't that uh it was, you know, it wasn't even that Trubisky was hanging on to the football and he wouldn't get rid of it or anything. He didn't really even have time to get set. You know, he he got into his drop and boom, there's somebody there and he's going down. And thankfully, he hung on to the football. He didn't lose it like he has the last couple of weeks, getting blindsided from behind uh, and whatnot. The offensive line was terrible yesterday in pass protection, just awful. So now we go to our bear ups, and the first one is kind of a general team bear up to the to the team penalties are down no turnovers on offense we're not killing ourselves we're not giving the game away you know like we have been you know taking points away from ourselves with stupid penalties you know turning the football over at the absolute worst time not that there's ever a good time to turn the ball over but you know we're, we're not beating ourselves we're leaving it up to our opponent to beat us and not beating ourselves so bear up just to the team in general that um you know, it seems like we're shoring this thing up finally, that we're finally showing some some discipline and some professionalism out there, that we're leaving it up to our opponents to beat us as opposed to giving them the keys to the castle to beat ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, bear up. Kyle Fuller, another outstanding performer. And Kyle Fuller really wanted to, was really up for mixing it up yesterday. He had a pretty sweet tackle on Cam Newton where he cut his legs out uh, from under him and, and stopped him for like maybe a two, maybe three yard uh, run when it could have been much, much worse. And then not only did Kyle Fuller make that tackle, but then he got in Cam Newton's face afterwards, was really jawing it up with him, you know. And then on the touchdown, uh, the interception, uh, the interception return for Eddie Jackson, he's, you know, knocking people down and uh, and what have you. And he was pretty good in coverage once again. You know, this is uh, this is a guy that's uh, that's out there playing some really, really good football, especially in the last few weeks. So I can't help but but give it to him. This is a guy I didn't think was even going to make the roster. And now this is a guy that we're definitely going to want to definitely want to keep going into uh going into next year. So, you know, here it is. This is his fourth year. We did not pick up his fifth year option. Surprise, surprise. And uh this is a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of it. And maybe that's why he's playing so well, because he's trying to get paid. He wants to keep playing football going to make it difficult for the bears that's for sure uh bear up to leonard floyd another uh you know the the progression of leonard floyd continues you know getting after the uh getting after the passer he got a he had a couple of sacks i believe 
yesterday on uh, on Cam Newton. It was uh, it was a great thing uh, to watch watching him get after uh, get after the passer. Let me see if I can pull it up. The uh, sacks. Eddie Goldman had half a sack. Mitch Unrein, each a uh, Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, Leonard Floyd all had one. So there's our five right there. You got half going to Goldman and Unrein each. So that's one. And then one each to Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, Leonard Floyd. And, uh, whoa, look at that. Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, Leonard Floyd all on the bear-up list. And Danny Trevathan added an interception uh, in the fourth quarter of the game. Um, Cam Newton was flushed out of the pocket once again, was rolling to his right, tried to get it to Christian McCaffrey. That's who the pass was intended for. Somehow did not see Danny Trevathan standing right in front of him because he threw it right into Danny's uh, breadbasket. He comes down with it second week in a row with a turnover himself. He got a fumble recovery last week against the, the Ravens and getting the interception this week um, in, a, in a you know very opportune moment and took care of it. And um, which which is why the offense got to bear down because that ensuing drive, you know, Danny Trevathan makes this interception. There may have been half of the fourth, like seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The offense goes out there. We're on Carolina's side of the field where we we could be in field goal range to make this a three score game. And the Bears had a um, illegal formation. Uh, we had a false start. And there was like a, there was another penalty. There were three penalties. I think maybe we've got like a holding penalty. We had a false start, an illegal motion, and then Trubisky got sacked on third down. So we ended up losing like 20 yards on this freaking drive that knocked the Bears out of field goal range that would have put us up 20 to 20 to three uh, with less than six minutes to go. Uh, in the game that right there that's why the offense that encapsulated the Bears afternoon right there you know I think we got a couple yards on first down uh, on the run and then we had a like I said illegal motion we had a false no we had an illegal motion we had a false start and then we had a sack uh, on Trubisky and it was just like Jesus Christ I mean could we look any more amateur right now on offense is like this lead is is not going to protect itself I mean come on guys but uh, anyway Trevathan with the interception, Akeem Hicks, Leonard Floyd, uh, just being studs once again, uh, gave a bear up to Pernell McPhee. He was all over the place on Sunday as well. Um, he didn't get credit for a sack, but he was in on one. And what I, what what I love that he did was that when he got up, he did the whole Cam Newton opening up the chest to show the Superman symbol. And then Trevathan, uh, Pernell McPhee, basically he opens up the chest, he closes it, and then he made a kick like man get that out of here you know kind of thing i loved it when he did that that was so awesome to see and then of course how what bear up list would be complete this week without eddie jackson you know the the media in chicago made a big deal about yesterday because it was the one year anniversary you know on this date in october 22nd 2016 eddie jackson broke his leg returning a punt for the crimson tide last year ended his season uh, you know, on October 22nd and one year to the day, he becomes the first rookie in NFL history with two defensive touchdowns of 75 yards or more, you know, talk about, uh, being able to bounce back. I mean, just an amazing story for Eddie Jackson doing what he did, uh, yesterday, you know, and the defense, you know, five sacks, three turnovers, two touchdowns, despite being out there for almost 70 plays and nearly 40 minutes. 
uh, to be able to do that was outstanding. So just bear up to the defense in general. Did an outstanding job, and I can't say that uh, enough. So Eddie Jackson, hat off, hats off to you, uh, being able to uh, overcome. You know, that, that broken leg hurt his draft stock tremendously, but he's playing like a guy that could have been a second-round pick at the very least with the way that he's been playing. He's been a starter for us from day one, and uh, he's really starting to look like somebody who's uh, who can finally help us solve the issue back in, on, on the back end uh, of our defense. We haven't had a guy back there reliable since, God, Mike Brown before he started getting, before he started having some of his injury issues, so... Uh, hopefully this is the start of a very long relationship with us and Eddie Jackson and being our safety. May he be our next Eric Berry. Knock on wood. So anyway, that will do it for the week seven review episode of the Chicago Bears review. Come back on Thursday when our friend Tyler Raymond from the Who Dat Dish podcast will join us to preview this game between the Bears and the Saints and uh, see what he has to say about this team and uh the improvement on defense and how much does Drew Brees have left in the tank? I mean, the, this is the Saints. I think started like 0 and 2. I think they're like 4 and 1 since then, or something like that. They're on an amazing tear uh, right now. And um, you know, what does he have to say about how the Saints have performed uh, in the first half and what he thinks their chances are in the NFC South this year? So um, we will have him in on Wednesday to talk, and the show will be out on Thursday. So until then. My name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts.